Hi there. Thank you for connecting with me and subscribing to the Living the Sky Life podcast. I'm a very tired and oftentimes overwhelmed autism warrior mom who has navigated the ups and downs of this puzzling disorder for 16 years and counting. My hope when creating this podcast was that it would serve as a vessel for connecting families with special needs children so we may share experiences and resources. But even more importantly, I want to create a community of support for one another through the tough times, which we know there can be many, and to celebrate the achievement of milestones, big and small, of our amazing kids. So thanks again for joining me on this journey and for tuning in for this episode of Living the Sky Life. It is my distinct pleasure today to host on the podcast, Mr. Bacon himself, Jerry Turning. Um, In 2012, for those of you that might not be aware, Jerry began writing about his experiences as an autism dad and established the successful blog, Bacon and Juice Boxes, Our Life with Autism. He earned a following of over 35,000 supporters who share his family's challenges and triumphs. Jerry has also served 25 years as a municipal police officer and now holds the rank of captain. He served most of his police career as a decorated canine handler, trainer, and unit supervisor. Jerry also served as internal affairs commander, patrol division commander, and policy writer for his police department. So please enjoy my conversation with Mr. Bacon. So today's episode of the podcast, I have the pleasure of having Jerry turning with me. He um, is the blogger behind Juice Box, Bacon and Juice Boxes. And um, I know that probably a lot of you are familiar with Jerry. So um, I am so excited to talk to you today. So welcome, Jerry. Well, thank you, Lori. I really appreciate you having me. Absolutely. Well, I, um, you know, I know that probably a lot of people are familiar with um, your diagnosis story for your son, Eric. And um, I know that he just turned 16, I guess, the other day. Is that right? Yep, a couple, a couple of days ago. Yep. It's crazy. It goes so fast. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> but I wanted to um, just kind of pick up in the last few years um, when he entered the teenage years and maybe talk a little bit about that um, instead of going all the way back to his diagnosis. Um, I know that he, just through some of the videos that you guys have posted in all of your blogs, that he is um, verbal. Is he minimally verbal or is he not really delayed as much with his communication? Uh, He he is verbal. Um, He's... He has a lot of skills and a lot of language. I, he's not conversational. Um, okay. Yeah, his 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 major hurdles are uh, um, um, language about abstract kind of ideas. Um, um, expressing himself is often difficult, but he is definitely verbal and and getting more verbal by the day. What did you guys find that was successful with? Um, you know, teaching him communication that was effective when he was younger? Did you guys use PECs or um, iPads, um, uh, things like that? We dabbled in the PECs. We never really got too deep into it because we we knew, he, he always had, had um, a pretty decent vocabulary. It was very rote kind of um, one, two word sentences, mm-hmm. but you could see it was there. So we um, we kind of, pushed him to, to speak more rather than relying on pecs. Um, whether that was the right call or not, I don't know, but it, we never really went full on board with, with that kind of system. We always kind of pushed him to use his words um, mm-hmm. from, from the start. Uh, That's he, great. I mean, yeah, that can be confusing if he didn't need it, you know, just to have Yeah, I mean, we, we, we thought about it and we actually, you know, thought about using it just for more complex ideas or, or something like that. It just never really took. He never really um, gravitated towards it, so we didn't push it. And uh, you know, I, I I really believe in it. I think it's an amazing system, but it just didn't kind of click for him. Yeah, I mean, we've revisited it several times. Uh, we did it when my son was young, and that it just didn't really resonate. Neither did sign language or anything else. Um, yeah, and now that yeah. he's older and. I think can understand what we're asking of him more. Uh, we're revisiting it again. I'm just not sure <laughs> what's going to work this time around, but I'll do anything to hear his voice or to get some sort of communication that I understand out of him. Yeah, so. it's, you know, we, we all just kind of, we try things and see how they work. And 
and go back at it. That's kind of the, that's the story we, we, we lead, isn't it? Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> so <laughs> you started the um, Bacon and Juice Boxes blog back in 2012. Um, yeah, what yeah. really motivated you to put in writing the, the dad experience with having a child on the spectrum? You don't really hear from a lot of dads. Back then, we definitely didn't. So um, I, I commend you for starting that and being so open and honest. Um, oh, thanks. Where did that come from? Where did the motivation come from to put it in writing? Um, it was really, it was, honestly, it was out of desperation, to be honest with you. I, I was feeling a lot of emotions and, you know, dealing with the turmoil and the, the new diagnosis that was thrown at my family. And um, I, I typically don't talk a lot. I'm kind of an intro, introverted person, very private person. Um, it kind of sounds weird when you're talking to a guy who's putting his life out on Facebook. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> yes. um, but that kind of, it kind of um, evolved from that. I, I didn't, I didn't handle the diagnosis in a healthy way. I kind of internalized everything and um, kind of uh, got sad and angry and I was flailing. Um, one day I've always been been pretty good at expressing myself when I write, you know, back in high school, I've always, I've always had that skill. So one day I just decided to write it down and uh, it was really my wife who, who pushed me because she started um, reading things about me and, and what I was going through internally and, and, and asked me to do more of it. And uh, I never dreamed anybody would ever read it. I just kind of did it because I don't know, it was my own cheap therapy and it kind of mm -hmm. got some things, got some things out that would have eaten me up otherwise. And before I know it, I had a handful of people who kind of liked what I was writing and it kind of resonated with them. And then I got, I got addicted to it because I, I really started to enjoy the, the thank yous and the, and the feeling that I was, you know, in some small way helping somebody out there who, who felt alone. And um, having somebody out there across the country or across, across the world who, could tell me, yeah, me too, or, or share what I was experiencing. And, and, and you know, it, it kind of, I got more of it, more out of it than I think anybody else got, if that makes sense. It absolutely does. And, and I think it's so nice to find anyone that can relate to you. We, yeah. we tend to, um, I mean, just even as podcasters, we tend to talk a lot to moms it's just, I, I, maybe it's because we're all more extroverted. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not really shy about sharing anything, but um, you know, it's, it's so great when we have dads on to talk about their feelings. And especially, you know, it, it kind of goes both ways. If it's a father with a son on the spectrum or even a daughter on the spectrum, the emotions that you go through are, are different, but so similar um, regardless of the gender of your child. Um, you know, I think with with my son being 17 and Eric obviously just turning 16, it, it doesn't hit me all the time, but it's certain times where the age, there's a rite of passage that comes with that age that I won't get yeah. to experience. So, you know, with Eric turning 16 and not being able to go get his driver's license, do those things creep up on you from time to time, you know, oh, yeah. at a certain and age? Yeah. Yeah, and they're very, very sneaky, and 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 they and they get you when when you're when you're least expected, when you're having a really good day. And I, I I've described it a couple of times as a as a monster that that it's an ugly kind of vile monster that grabs you. And um, it happened it happened like the other day, as a matter of fact. Um, it happened for Eric's birthday. We everything's closed down, of course. Right. So all all of his favorite spots to go um, are closed, and we happened to find that. Um, an aquarium that he really liked in Connecticut, which is about, I don't know, 150 miles away from me, um, opened up to a you know partial opening. Um, so we asked him if he wanted to go there for, for his birthday to celebrate. Um, and my wife said it in passing, she didn't mean anything by it because we were talking about how expensive it would be to make the trip for a couple hours and drive back. And, yeah. and she said, and she said to me, you know, it's a 16th birthday for Anna, who's my daughter for, for her 16th birthday. We took her to, um, to Mexico with a friend and we, and we had this, we had this vacation for my daughter to celebrate her sweet 16. Um, you know, my mom, my wife didn't mean anything by it. She just said it, you know, to compare that what we did for my daughter was expensive. So we should do the same thing for Eric. And it was one of those moments where you, it hits you of, of where he is in his, 
um, development and where my daughter was at that time. Um, so you go down this, this ugly road of, of remembering the trip we had with our daughter and her going off with her friends by themselves on this resort in Mexico. And you know, you know where that goes. It, it, it gets unhealthy. Um, I, I've gotten pretty good at getting out of that mindset. Um, I've, I've gotten good at, at forgiving myself for going there briefly. Um, and I, and I've learned to just, uh, to, 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 to be there for a little while if I have to understand it's okay. And then, um, and then focus on my son and, and the individual he is and, and what, and the amazing things he, he enjoys. And, um, I don't know, that's kind of how I deal with it, but I understand the, the mentality of, of comparing it's, 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 it gets us all. Yeah, especially when you have neurotypical children um, in your family as well. Um, I think yeah. your wife's blog about um, taking your daughter for the college visits and, you know, just as always in our lives, it seems like what we need to do and want to do, the schedule is dictated by what our children on the spectrum can handle. And, um, you know, she wrote so eloquently about, you know, just dividing and conquering and, and trying to spend time with your daughter and make it about her because it was her experience but you know, not neglecting Eric, getting annoyed and frustrated and not wanting to wait and things like that. That's all the stuff that, you know, you, you bring up such a, a valid point that you, I think need to allow yourself to just have that moment, whether you go off by yourself and just kind of have a moment. But I feel like if we, you know, kind of skate over it and don't allow ourselves to be mad or frustrated or sad or whatever, um, that it builds up maybe a lot larger for the next blow up and yeah, it's and, misdirected maybe so and even worse if you fake it it, yeah. it becomes even worse if you if you swallow it but you for the sake of somebody else either your kids or your or your spouse or, or anybody else or the public um fake it like everything's happy and nice nice that's it's it's going to get you eventually it, it, mm -hmm. and it's it's a hu it's a human thing um it's to be expected i long since gave up feeling guilty about it when it happens. Um, but you can't move in there, right? You, you can't, yeah. you can't stay there in that, in that feeling because that's when people get in trouble. Yeah. It's healthy you know? to experience it and move on and give yourself a break. And, yeah. and, any, <laughs> and anybody who says, and anybody says to you that they don't even have small moments of that. I, I can't see it or they yeah. got to write a book and tell us how to do it because I don't think it's realistic. <laughs> I really don't. I wrote a book and not, it's not that it's the opposite. It's all the times <laughs> that I have meltdowns and, you know, yeah. I probably have more meltdowns than Skylar has, but, um, uh, you know, and, and I guess at this age too, with Eric, do you guys, have you guys already planned for the future, like with trusts and kind of, you know, ironing out what the, what the future plan may be for him once he ages kind of out of some of the programs, um, at 22, that's yeah, a big discussion I got, I, lately. I got dragged into that discussion against my will, but we did it. You know, we sat down with the, you know, with, with the professionals and we figured all that stuff out and I, I, it wasn't a fun time. It's, it's yeah. not a pleasant thing to go through. Now we have to start the process. I'm sure you are too, you know, with, um, uh, you know, when he does become an adult and, and, and that whole custody thing. And, yeah. Guardianships um, and stuff. Yeah. yeah. The guardianship. It's, it's not fun. It's, it's something, but it's something you have to do. We plan for it. We don't worry about it. Um, yeah. I don't spend a lot of time worrying about things so far in the future that um, I can't control, but I plan mm -hmm. for what I can control and, and yeah, it's done and we'll adjust if we have to, but um, yeah, it wasn't a good process. Well, you know, I, I, also see on the videos and, and the blogging and stuff, just how happy he is. He is such a smiling child. I guess he's not really a child anymore. <laughs> he's a yeah. teenager, but he seems like he's always happy. And you guys, um, Oh, he's got you fooled. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, maybe those are the only videos we see, but no, yeah. but I mean, even just in your writing, um, and your wife's too, um, you guys have such a great sense of humor. And we try so hard to live that way as well. I'm just not sweating every little thing because like you said before, it's just, it's in the, it'll bring you down and you just don't want to live in that space. Um, have you guys always been like that? Just kind of lighthearted. And yeah, I, and I'm sure there's times you're not like that. I mean, everybody has their moments, but it just, it just seems like it's a, it's a great perspective for yeah, well, you know, well, two things. First of all, 
let me let me warn you off that because Facebook and and, and social media is is it's there's a trap there you know everybody puts their their best face of out course, there for yeah. the world to see and everybody wants to appear a certain way i really am proud that i we do share a lot of our struggles and bad days as much as we can because i want to be real with this um i don't want to have this instagram image out there of what of what my family is because it sure isn't perfect <laughs> um and and i know that's un, that's unfair for the people who who follow my family. It's, it's, I, I don't want them thinking that I have this thing figured out and what's wrong with them that they can't figure this out or they're in a different place or, or they haven't, you know, healed emotionally or, or that's, I don't want that because it's not real. I want them to yep. understand that we, we deal with these things just like everybody else. Um, but yeah, I think, I think my family does have the right outlook on this now <laughs> in yeah. no ways. It takes a uh, while to get there. <laughs> yeah, and it, and it's there's no there's no template to apply. Everybody gets there in their own kind of speed and their own their own path. Um, I think we've come at a place where we enjoy each day. I, I enjoy each day with my son, what, no matter how simple it may be. And my life is different than than other people. I, but if I can dodge that comparison monster and just enjoy what he is and and the amazing person he is. I think that, I think that's what you see on, on, on Facebook when I, when I post things, it's just, A, I'm in awe of him. I mean, he's my hero. He's, 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 he's an amazing person and I want to be more like him. And B, Aww. I don't, um, I, it's not that I don't have expectations of him. I, I don't, I don't have demands on, I don't have artificial, um, I don't have artificial milestones or things that I feel pressure for him to meet. Right. I, I understand he's going to be, his path is going to be different. I understand he's going to be a different individual than the typical um, kid his age. I'm okay with it. And as long as he can be happy and express his happiness to me in whatever way he can, I'm cool with it. And if, if this is, I'm not saying it is, but if this is the rest of my life and I have to, I'm going to spend my life with my wife and my adult daughter who has her own family and, and my adult son who happens to live with us. I'm, I'm okay with that too. Mm -hmm. um, that's relatively new that it hasn't always been that way. Um, yeah. uh, you know, it, it, I've, I've evolved into that. Um, and I don't know how I, I, I don't know how other than to tell people that you have to be honest with yourself and go through the emotional process and be angry and be sad when you have to. And, and just grow and, and just be happy, you know, that's all you can do. I think again, your writing is probably how you got there. You being able to be, to, to get your feelings out on paper and just be honest, you know, you, you're right. I mean, you, I definitely didn't mean to misrepresent if I did your no. um, blogs, it, you definitely tell some really tough times. And I think that's what makes people drawn to your blog is because it's honest. They know that they're not getting the sugar-coated version that, you know, everything is rainbows and roses. So, um, you know, again, I just, I think people like you who blog the honesty and show the good and the bad, I think, you know, what's, what's so nice about some of the videos too, that I, I was mentioning just with him smiling is it's the simplicity, like, you know, being on his hoverboard, and yeah. um, just the other day when he was playing with streamers and like, you know, string, he was yeah. so just overjoyed with just the simplest thing with some ribbon. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, I just loved that approach. I mean, your wife was obviously, I think it was your wife, videoing yeah. him and just asking him questions. He was just smiling and he was just so happy. And I love that aspect of our kids that they, that's the simplest things that bring them joy. Yeah, and, I'm jealous you know, of makes it. Makes us slow down. I, I know. <laughs> Me I know. Too. I, I I try to be that. I wish I could get rid of all the stuff and the and the and the artificial nonsense and just be happy in the pool with how the water feels flowing over me and you know everything that makes him happy. He takes seven baths a day because it feels good. <laughs> really? I I, I, yeah. I don't think he ever washes himself, but he likes to be in the bathtub. You know how 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 cool would it be to just live like that? To just have these simple pleasures, and it seems like every time he feels it, it's exactly the same as the first time. Um, and yeah, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And what we've tried to do is when he, you know, when he's having a blast on his hoverboard with the streamers, is we pick our moments when we can ask him questions and kind of 
kind of tease some things out of him or maybe teach, you know, kind of sneak in a lesson about, you know, about what he's pretending or, or we, we, you know, we, we, we hit and run, you know, we play that gorilla tactic where we try to, <laughs> you know, we try to, um, to push him out of his comfort zone, but then we, we let him be comfortable in his own skin too. And I think that's important. Well, and I was going to ask you that, like, what, what are the things that he enjoys most? So clearly being in the water is one, yeah. what is he, what makes him so happy? If it, is it food or a place to go or a toy? Yeah, or just- well, it, yeah. And that's, what's really been hard about this whole lockdown thing is, mm-hmm. he, you know, he has his favorite places like Sesame Place and he loves to go places with his, with his pop-pop, his grandfather. And, um, you know, all our guys have a, have a structure and a, and a schedule that really keeps them, you know, uh, comfortable. And, and it, a, a lot of that has been taken from him. And my son happens to be one of those kids who's very um, structurally and oriented and, and, he, and he lives by the calendar. Um, so we spend the winter promising, you know, and checking off days on the calendar of when he can go back to Sesame Place or, or, the, or the amusement park or whatever. And uh, once you say something to Eric, it's, it's in granite. It's, he's putting it on the calendar and he's going to hold you to it. So as the, as the summer spring the end of the spring and the summer started with him and it came and went and those places didn't open um it, it really it really bothered me because it was almost like I was betraying him you know like, mm-hmm. I, like I, I promised this thing and he he trusted me that all he had to do was be a good boy and get through these these days on the calendar and he had this this date that he was working for and, and then it came and went and it didn't open and th- those kind of things where you can't sit down with your son and explain to him um you know what's going on with this pandemic and that's where it, it's hard it gets it gets tough because he you know they, they trust us so much and they, they live for for us to, to guide them and i really one of the things i fear is he, he is he stops having faith in me you know that mm-hmm. i'm gonna that what i say isn't isn't the end all be all because i i, I don't know what i would do if, if i found that you know and it, you know, it's hard because he does understand that people are sick. He gets that part. He, okay. and he, and he, it's almost worse, by the way, when he doesn't have, when he doesn't cry, when you tell him, yeah. no, Eric, it, did, it didn't open today. And he kind of just, you know, you can tell he's sad, but he just goes away. You'd almost wish he'd have a more, a more yeah. angry episode because that's easier to deal with because I don't know how much of it he grasps. And, um, you know, all you want to do is have this, deep, meaningful conversation with your, with your child and explain to them, you know, the, the intricacies of the world. And, and, and you don't know how much they, they, they know or understand. It's, it's hard. It's really hard. So if you told him, you know, today that Sesame Place wasn't open, would he come back tomorrow and ask you again? Or does he, does he give it a little bit of time and then ask again? He would ask for a date of when it's going to be open. Oh, he, he would want to know when and 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 if you don't know you better get somebody on the phone who does <laughs> if, if you don't know then and that's the thing he, he'd be okay with it if you gave him the concrete date of when of when it is open yeah, so right, he'd start right his now next countdown. <laughs> yeah well that's the thing and right right now we we promised him um shoot six months ago that we were going to disney world in october um so right now it may be still possible that we can go, but I'm starting to get a little nervous on that. And believe me, he's counting down those days. Oh. And uh, you know what? All you can, you know, I, I don't know. He, he, he you don't want to lie to him. You know, you don't, you don't want, you, you want to be honest. Um, but you know, sometimes you don't want to face the, the, the consequences of, of telling him that it might not happen. You'd rather just roll the dice and hope for the best. But. You know, that's where we are now with, the, with, you know, you mentioned you started this out with the, with the teenage years and dealing with that. That's kind of where we are now is, is him understanding those more abstract things and understanding the world is um, a little fluid and, and gray and sometimes black and white just doesn't apply. Um, but all of these, you know, complaints I'm giving you, I, I still, I know I'm blessed that, that my son is at the level he is and um, can express what he can express. And but we always want more, right? We, we're always greedy for more. Yeah, we never so stop. I mean, right. we can't. No, that's, we need to that's push them for independence are. and to have to live their best life. I want them to yeah. live their best life too. So yeah. we have to keep yep. pushing. Um, is he in um, 
like a, I hate to say mainstream. I hate that word. I don't know why, mm -hmm. but like it's an inclusion program at a school or does he, what does he do for, for schooling? No, he's in a, he's in a special, special needs school. Uh, the entire school is, um, is for kids with special needs. They That's have, neat. yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. It's, it's, uh, it's from every, it's from, I think, kindergarten up through, through high school, which high school here is through 20, 22 years old, I think. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, so it's it's an entire school, special needs kids. They're amazing with him. He's in his own class in that school with kids his his own age, um, different ability levels within that class. But okay. It's a small it's a small contained class, um, and we love it. Yeah, that, that you know we we love the setup for him. They, you know, it's uh, he just started that school. I think two years ago, he was in a in a public school here where they had a you know, a special needs class inside the mainstream school. Um, but with high school, that wasn't an option for us. So we had to find a more, um, I don't know, a more, a more specialized school to, to, to meet his needs. Whenever I stumble upon a, a place like that, after the fact, when knowing that I, they could have gone there the whole time, sometimes yes. I'm always like, it's just one of those moments you're like, dang it, how did I not yes. know this? How am I not yeah. connected? <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I was asking because, you know, you guys obviously being um, in New Jersey area, one of the harder hit closed down, you know, spots uh -huh. in the country. Um, was he, has he been out of the program for many, many months or were they trying to do, um, you know, online schooling or therapy or anything like that? Yeah, they closed down, I think at the end of, I think middle of March and um, yeah. all the days, all the days bleed together. They, they close the <laughs> school for good. Um, they, they do do online classes, you know, through zoom, like we're doing right now. Um, <laughs> and he meets with his teachers and his, and his aide. Um, it's hit or miss. <laughs> it's, it's yeah. sometimes, sometimes he'll do the lessons and sometimes he won't, you know, he's, he is very, very compliant with the rules and he understands it's something he has to do. He's loving not having to go to school. Um, you know, if they try to play a YouTube video that he doesn't want to have any interest in, he'll, he'll bolt. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> for the most part, he does okay. Um, again, we, 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 we pick and choose how much we demand out of him in that kind of setting. We, uh, we understand he has a lot of sensory needs and we don't, I don't crush him with demands when it comes to things like that. And maybe it'll prove to be wrong. Uh, so far it's working out for me. Mm -hmm. Um, the academic stuff, I really, it's not that it's not important to me. It's certainly not a priority to me right now. Right. I understand he will learn at his own pace. And I really feel that one, one day, whatever he chooses to be interested in, it'll click and he'll pursue that interest with a passion and it will be something he does for the rest of his life. I really believe that's going to happen. It may be an Olympic sport and hoverboarding. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Um, hey, who knows? But I think, I think he will tell us what his uh, passion will be or what his skill set is. And that will lead to what we do with him, you know, in his adult life and, and how we push him that way. Um, but right now I, I don't really force him to sit and, and do lessons on, on history of the civil war because <laughs> it, I wouldn't it really want to do that either. <laughs> no. And, 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 and it, why? And really why does this really yeah. mean that much to our lives right now? No, I, I don't, I don't think it does. Yeah. Has he shown any significant um, interest or um, abilities that are strong in like drawing or music or anything that you guys have identified that you could kind of steer him, you know, to help, further promote that that gift that he has or whatever have you noticed anything like that well, he, he's shown an amazing memory he's shown it in a, a memory like he can tell you what day of the week uh july 3rd 2025 is really um, that's cool yeah it's really it's really really spooky it really is but he can do that so whatever that is i don't know it's a, it's kind of a gift I don't know yeah. how I can, I don't know how I can parlay that into a, uh, a career, but he, that, that seems to be like, I guess that kind of memory or that kind of um, vision of, of, uh -huh. of, of the world is a skill. Um, other than that, he's very active, very physically uh, strong and gifted. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the future is for him. I don't know yet. Yeah. It's not like he's, um, you know, uh, 
addicted to dinosaurs and he'll be a paleontologist or whatever. He's he does. I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so intriguing to see what they latch onto and he may not yeah. have even been exposed to it yet. Right. So, you know, there's right. plenty of time. I mean, you know, if you think about it from that perspective, he's still got six years in school. Yeah. So, I mean, there's quite a bit of time to be exposed to something, you know, that he may just absolutely love. Yeah, um, and if you think I, about it, right right now, you you and I doing this right now is, we're so lucky. I mean, people, parents who were raising kids uh, with special needs 10, 15, 20 years ago, they didn't, man, it was, it was, it was crickets. It was, unchar- it was uncharted, right? It, yeah. it was. Now there's so much available to us and to our families that, you know, we can afford to be a little more optimistic with, with what's to come and, and, and what's going to come for our kids. And, I, mm-hmm. and man, I, I really, I feel blessed that we are right doing this right now. You know, in this yeah, period of time. I, I love the, the connections that have just been made over the last, gosh, you know, five to eight years of blogs and podcasts and books and all kinds of things. Because like you said, there was nothing when my son was diagnosed. I didn't know a single other person that had any autism in their family, their distant family. I mean, I felt like we were in a class all of our own and had to chart everything ourselves. So this is great. And it's funny because um, even like, you know, Kate with uh, Finding Cooper's Voice, the moms with the younger kids, I don't know how they have the time. <laughs> They're doing so much to be vocal, you know, and yeah. to share yeah. everything they know. And I think back to myself when I had a three-year-old newly diagnosed and, right. and, and another toddler too. And I'm like, how in the world did they have time? I was just barely able to get laundry done. And stuff. I know you're trying to keep your head above water. I know. So I'm so, so your so your daughter your daughter is younger than your son. She is. She is. Uh, she just turned 15 um, okay. last week, and Skylar turned 17 in April. Okay. So yes. So uh, it's it's been interesting. And I was going to ask you that about Anna and Eric. Um, yeah. What what is the age difference with them? Anna is 18. She's turning 19 in August. So okay. I think there's three there's three years difference. Yeah. So have they yeah. always been uh, kind of chummy when they were little and then maybe teenagers they weren't so much or how has their relationship been or has that evolved too over time yeah it's um i i feel guilty even talking about this because i we have been so blessed with my daughter she from the start she has always just been she's been amazing with him and and we at first tried to i don't know insulate her uh from it from the the, yeah. the, the difficulties of it from the the challenges from the unknown of what we were dealing with. We, you know, we spent a lot of time putting on a happy face for her when she was four and, uh, you know, not wanting her to feel exposed to any of the challenges that we were dealing with, but she always seemed to sense it. Um, I don't remember the day, I know my wife does, and I know Anna does remember the day that my wife sat her down and explained to her that Eric was different. Um, She always instinctively knew, and she's always instinctively been very, um, protective of him and understanding. And, you know, that's one of the things I always try to explain to people that that's, it's been an amazing thing that's come out of this is I know she is a more, um, mature, uh, kind, um, just open-minded individual because of growing up with, with, with her brother. Um, I know that's a gift. Nobody can ever talk me out of that. Um, I know she's going to be destined for great things because of what she's built with her, you know, with her relationship with Eric. Um, I have to say from the start, and I cannot take any credit for it at all. I think <laughs> we were just blessed with the the right individual um, to handle it and process it. And, and she's, she's, a, she's an asset. She's, she's an absolute asset. We, you know, I, I really am guarded with burdening her too much of, of, <laughs> with, with the challenges of it. And, you know, we make sure she has her own life and her own friends. And we really do. We take her, we took her to Europe for, for a, a gift to, for graduating high school. And we left Eric home and I don't feel an ounce of guilt for that. I really don't. Cause he had a Absolutely. blast with his grand, he spayed with his grandparents with grandma pop up and they spoiled him rotten. And we took my daughter on an unbelievable trip across Europe and 
yeah, it was weird. And yeah, I guess the ideal setting would be all four of us as a family going to Europe, but no, it's, it's just, our life is different and Eric yep. would not have enjoyed it. He, he would have been miserable. Um, and we allowed ourselves without guilt to have that experience with my daughter. And that's kind of the way we do this. Um, you have to, I mean, she needs memories of her own too. And she knows it was all out of love for her and not to take nothing away from her brother, not being there. I mean, yeah. you know, she deserved a moment to be all about her for once. Yeah. So and if you I, think about it, our, our lives by necessity revolve around our, our, our kids with special needs. It has to be that way. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we have to be, we have to be flexible when we go to a restaurant and no, we have to leave sometimes because they're not just, they can't handle it. And she spent her whole life in that environment. So I really don't, I, I don't apologize a bit for spoiling her and um, when I can and making things about her and having her own, you know, dates to, to a Yankee game or whatever she finds interesting. And <clears throat> it's okay not to bring them. Uh, it's, it's, it's okay. It's not typical. That's for sure but it works for us. And I, I, <clears throat> I think so far it's worked out. Okay. Yeah. I think most parents would completely agree <laughs> and have yeah. done the same yeah. thing. I mean, even my husband and I don't really get a vacation ever because, and we don't, you know, if we don't have family or someone that can stay a couple nights and days with right. Skylar, you know, we can't, we just don't feel like we can leave him with just anyone and we feel guilty the entire time we're gone if we do. So you know, you, you, yeah. any chance you get to have those opportunities, you have to take them. You need to rejuvenate for yourself. And like I don't know if it's else. come for you yet, but sooner or later it's going to come where you're going to, you're going to leave him with his sister and have a date with your husband and, and, and realize, <laughs> oh, wow, it's just, this guy is kind of cool. And boy, <laughs> that, that's yeah. magical. And that happens when you can actually enjoy a date with your, <laughs> with your spouse and not have to, you know, have the phone in a death grip in your hand, waiting for somebody to call. Um, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I would love to get there at this moment. Um, Kendall would absolutely say no way. The only time she'll let us go anywhere now is when he's in bed and he's asleep and she knows yeah. that he's going to be zonked out. And, but she's like, don't be gone for more than two hours in case he wakes up. <laughs> We're like, okay. It'll, it'll come. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Well, I have to brag on Anna too, a little bit. Um, can you mention what her, um, Facebook pages or her group that she started? for oh, finding yeah. items that are hard to find. I thought that was so cool that she did yeah. that. Thanks for bringing that up. I appreciate it. It's called Special Wants. Um, it's, you know, a takeoff of special needs, but it's called Special Wants. And it came about one Christmas. No, I guess it was before Christmas, but somebody posted on my page, the Bacon and Juice Boxes page, that they were looking for some obscure, crazy toy that their, their child fell in love with and was obsessed with um, and would do anything to get. And, um, you know, I posted it as a favor, you know, as a courtesy and it, it, it kind of struck Anna that, wow, there's, we have the same thing going on in our house where Eric will have a basket full of, you know, the same exact cars, but he wants the one with the, with the wheel that's bent a certain way and smells a certain way. And, um, you know, of course they fall in love with toys that are discontinued or they're only made in <laughs> Taiwan in 1965. And, um, we, we've always known that we, we're kind of just average. And if we're feeling something that some, that a bunch of other families out there are feeling the same thing. So she started this, she, she came up with this idea of a Facebook group where people can go on there and just ask for just obscure items that only special needs families would understand, you know, the, the desperation for finding these things. Um, yeah. And it blew up. It, it actually took off and I don't know how many thousands of people are on it now. And it's kind of like a little marketplace where people, you know, post a picture of a toy they're looking for or a toy that their son or daughter mentioned at some point. And man, and when, when you do make those connections of somebody out across the country says, yeah, I have that, I'll send it to you. And um, <laughs> it's really, it's really a cool thing. And then part of that is we do a special needs gift exchange every, every holiday um, huh? where, where my wife has now created, it's, it's now a, um, a 501c3 charity where people can donate gifts and you, you, you pick an angel, a special, somebody with special needs who sign up and um, they give their, their wish list of toys they want, or not even toys, it's actually heartbreaking. A lot of times um, people just wish for new socks or a coat, which really oh, yeah. breaks your heart. But, um, you know, volunteers, my wife calls them angels, uh, sign up to uh, 
fulfill those wishes for the holidays and we get thousands of them granted uh, every year. Um, it's just our way of putting some good out into the world a little bit. But yeah, is that, that was all Anna. Is that a separate page for um, nope. the Christmas thing or nope. is that nope. through special wants? Nope. For most of the year, special wants is just that kind of um, marketplace of, of items people are looking for and around, I guess, I guess now she has to push it, push it a little earlier around the end of Halloween. Uh, my wife starts the process of, of starting the gift exchange, but it's the same page just through the special okay. wants page. Yep. Awesome. I will definitely look into that because yeah, I would it's love really to cool. help. It really is cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's fabulous. Um, I want to ask you too, if, if you don't mind talking about it. Um, I know that you've had a, a long lengthy career in, um, in police work and that you're a captain now. Um, are there, opportunities or do you give trainings to maybe just your um, police force on handling special needs um, adults I guess or, or even um, teenage age children in the public if they see um, you know maybe a child having a, a complete fit with their parent um, I, I bring that up because uh, there was a, a mom that I had on the podcast uh, several months ago and um, her teenage son, I think he's like 19. He's a very large uh, boy, uh, man. He's, you know, really tall. And sometimes he just has meltdowns and will just kind of grab a hold of his mom's arm uh, a little aggressively. I mean, she's fine with it because he's having a moment, but she's, you know, she expressed the fear that if there's somewhere that anybody watching would, would call the police because it looks like she's being, you know, abused or something. And, um, I just didn't know if when police officers come to calls like that, how they handle those situations and if there's a training involved that you maybe do or that you know of. Well, it's, it's interesting you're bringing this up because that I just started a company to do that. Um, it's oh, always cool. been a passion of mine, training, training police officers about our kids. Yes, I've always trained my own department I've, and I've done a lot of training for other departments. Um, the one thing that jars me awake at night uh, is the thought of my son uh, being misunderstood by a police officer, somebody I call a brother out there in the world and um, being hurt or mistreated or disrespected, all of that. Um, I, I never intended it, but when people who follow my page found out I was also a cop, I, I was kind of drawn into it um, when they started confiding in me, I mean, parents confiding in me of the fear they have of, of police officers uh, misunderstanding their kids. Um, and you know, when, when the stories come out of, of the incidents where, where our loved ones are mistreated, um, you know, social media is what it is and it spreads like wildfire. And I found myself in the middle of this interesting place where I was, I was, I had a foot in both worlds. I had a foot yeah. in the special needs community and I also had a foot in, in the police community and I love them both dearly. And I realized that, those two communities don't communicate very well. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times there's misunderstandings and a lot of times, um, you know, tragedy happens. So yeah, I do a lot of training about that. It's not just the physical danger. Um, a lot of families express to me that um, they would, and this is really a gut punch as a cop. They tell me that they would rather uh, deal with whatever situation they're dealing with, with on their own and not call the police for help in, in, a, in an emergency. And whether it's a wandering situation or whether it's uh, something you describe, like, like you just described about their son having an emotional situation, um, to, to think that a family like mine would rather just ride it out or do the best they can inside their, the privacy of their own homes rather than call the police for help is really, really, it's not acceptable for me because the cops I know and the cops I associate with got into this job to help people. Right. Um, but if I'm honest, you know, with myself, I understand that I have those same fears. And there have been, been multiple times where I could have used some help with my son and I have chosen not to call for help because of a lot of reasons. And one of the, of course, the main reason is they don't want their son or daughter to get hurt. Um, but just right up there with that is the fear that the cops are going to come and judge them as parents and take away their child because they deem them unfit, you know, um, and I don't know about your house, but my house is a mess right now. 
and when, just you childproofed. Know, <laughs> right. Well, and 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 to have a situation where you're calling the police and have them come into your house, yeah, and and see the the mess and the disorder and and you know and it's very very difficult for parents to 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 handle. So I, I've really you know I've dedicated my life. I'll be retiring in in a few months, and I've dedicated my life to now uh, providing this training, not just for the police, but we have to we have to train the parents too, and. Um, let the parents understand of, of what they can expect from their police departments and what might be asking a little too much. And um, I really think I have a role to play because I have a foot in both of those worlds. Yeah, I but mean, my, my, my company is called Blue Bridge, B-L-U-E Bridge Training. And um, that's a great right name. now, oh, thank you. Right now I'm building it and um, that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. <clears throat> yeah, well, please start a page on that too, so we can <laughs> book I did. you for it's trainings. Up. And okay, good. Yeah, I'll link that Blue, too. <laughs> Blue Bridge training on Facebook. Yep. That's awesome. I mean, you know, you sometimes, you know, I don't ever try to um, get too spiritual on here in case you know that's just not someone's yeah. cup of tea. But I just feel like through our children, there is always a message, a bigger picture, and a blessing that we maybe don't know until now, you know, I'm sure this is something that maybe you've thought about, but it just really hit you the importance of needing this now. And, you know, being that you're, you have so many years experience in the police force and having a special needs child, it was just the meeting of, of two worlds that needed to come together. We, yeah. I just thank you so much for the idea and for, for thinking of it. Cause we oh, need I, it. I appreciate that. Yeah. It's funny. Sometimes your, your passion finds you, right? Sometimes mm -hmm. you're just, life life will tell you where where you should be going and you don't have to search too hard for it it's right there in your in your own house yeah, yeah. i know i'm i'm sure i'll find uh, the reason behind a lot of things that are happening here the wall banging the whatever maybe i'll invent some sort of wall padding so kids can't break through it or whatever i don't go. know that's, that's the spirit <laughs> right well um you know i guess to to end i just wanted to see if and maybe you've mentioned this on a, on a blog that um, that I missed, but um, if you could just kind of tell your younger self something about, um, you know, the diagnosis, whether it's how you processed it, um, just acceptance, inclusion, any of those things um, that we've talked about, you know, just having emotions and feelings and allowing yourself at that point when your son was diagnosed, is there anything that you would tell your younger self that maybe would help? A family and a, and a father that's just hearing some of this diagnosis stuff for the first time. Uh, yeah, um, we all have it, and I, maybe to a different degree, but we all have this vision in our heads of of what parenthood is going to be, right? And when we're, when we're in our twenties and thirties, and we're we're thinking about having kids, we all have this this image flashing in our heads of of what it's going to be, and going to the PTA meetings and coaching little league and and proms and, 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 and then getting married and dancing with your daughter for their first dance and all of these things. And it's, it's normal and we all have them and you wouldn't be a human if you didn't. Mm -hmm. um, I found that that really, that image that I was locked onto of what being a dad was gonna be really kind of held me back from my evolution. And when I, when I was faced with the diagnosis of my son, um, I had to mourn that because it, it wasn't relevant anymore. Uh, my son, you know, some of these things aren't in the cards for him. He has no interest in a little league. He doesn't like baseball. Um, I didn't realize how, how, how important and what a stake I put in that, in my own head, um, how, how I wanted him to have this and how invested I was in him growing up, um, loving the Yankees like I do. Um, and when that, when I had, when the realism reality hit to me that I didn't, I wasn't going to get that as a dad, um, it, it was, it wounded me and I had to mourn that process. Um, that's okay. Uh, it, it's, it's natural to go through those emotions and, and mourn the loss of that plan that you had, right? This, this cartoon image we have of, of parenthood. Um, you have to, let yourself in, you have to be honest with yourself and let yourself go through that process. Once you do, and once you let it go, I mean, really, truly just let it go and put your kid first, then you can start to heal. And then you can start to enjoy the, 
the individual that they are and understand that all of those images of fatherhood or, or parenthood really, first of all, was never promised. It's not owed to you. And second of all, it really isn't what parenthood is. Um, and you can find the same pleasures and the same joys and the same fulfillment um, in other areas that you've never even dreamed about. Um, my son hates roller coasters. So we don't go on roller coasters. We spend our day, you know, taking pictures with the characters at the amusement parks, right? I, I let go of the stuff that I felt was important to my son because it really isn't. Um, once you can get there, then you're on your way. Then you almost got this stuff figured out. Uh, but that process isn't overnight and there's slips and falls and there's moments of, of pain and, 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 you know, even anger, but that, that's okay too. Like, but we, we already talked about it. You just don't live there. Yep. Um, that's what I would tell my younger self, let go yeah. of all that stuff. Oh, I love that. And you just meet them where they are, you know, enjoy the blessing that you were given with, you know, a, a child that loves you unconditionally. And I, and I think that's one of the things I love so much about Skylar is that he doesn't know, um, he doesn't know anger and he doesn't know the world that, that has crazy moments and that people are mean and he doesn't know how to be like that. And he doesn't know yes. when people are being mean to him. He just yes. smiles and moves on. And I, you know, I, like we've said, I think a few times too, I would love to live life through his perspective, even for a day, just to see. Yeah, and, and our, our, guys would, our guys would go out to the store in their pajamas and, and not <laughs> care how they look and you don't care about their hair. It's just a pain <laughs> in the butt that you got to, why are you doing this to combing my hair? And wouldn't it be cool to live like that? And not, yeah, do, not care about it. <laughs> It'd be awesome. I know. I mean, I take care of his every need. I help feed him. He's, you know, I help change his clothes, all that stuff. It's pretty nice to be 17 and be babied. So, uh, absolutely. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, I appreciate you so much. And I, and it means the world to me that you um, took some time out of your day to be a guest on the podcast. So thank you so much. Well, I'm honored that you asked me and um, I really appreciate it. And And this was a blast. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I will link everything that we talked about, your um, blog page, your daughter's Facebook page, your new Blue Bridge training page, all the things. <laughs> so people oh, you can got find it all. You. Cool. Excellent. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. I had a blast. Okay. Thanks. Okay. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Living the Sky Life and we'll tune in for the next episode coming soon. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Living the Sky Life podcast within Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play, so you'll receive alerts when new episodes are released. Subscribing is the best way to ensure you don't miss a single episode. If you like what you hear, be sure to select the five-star rating, provide feedback, and share Living the Sky Life with others. Thanks again for listening.